Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of EdgeGuard Podcast, a podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Jordan. I'm one of your two co-hosts, and I'm joined uh, this evening, as always, by uh, my co-host and good friend, Blake. What's up? It's Blake uh, in the house. Oh. In a new house. That's right. I did move. Yeah, we we were yeah. like, oh, we'll do episodes every other week. And then it's I think it's been three weeks. So but uh, yeah, Jordan, so was much busy has changed doing uh, teaching. And I have been busy mm-hmm. moving into a new place. Uh, so sorry, we've been uh, delinquents. But, MIA. Uh, yeah. But we, yes, it we're will. Uh, we'll, we're going to. So yeah, we'll be back to the every other week schedule. We're going to try that for a while, see how we like it uh, and how you like it. Uh, dear listener um and then uh but yeah we uh we missed even that uh last week just because it was uh mm-hmm. so crazy busy so but things have quieted down for me and blake has moved in yeah moved in i got a new i got a new mattress in. on the way you know so still gotta figure go. out the couch you know there's a lot of stuff a whole new man you might say <laughs> kind of <laughs> <laughs> um but more to the point, uh, today we are talking about a video game uh, by the name of Casadastra. Mm-hmm. So Casadastra is the newest game by uh, Milosoft, uh, who you may remember um, uh, as a designer whose game we played um, earlier on the podcast in a previous episode. We played Hissy Fight, which was a game that's sort of like I was a first person shooter, uh, zany action shooter where you're trying to jump around and shoot uh, <laughs> snakes that are attacking you. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was pretty goofy uh, in its uh, presentation, but it was uh, very fun and we both enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. we were very flattered that um, uh, Milosoft uh, reached out to us uh, through the through Twitter and um, and uh, asked us to check out this game. So we sent we us were, some we were happy keys as well. So. Yes, they sent us some keys, although I wanted to be supportive, so I also just paid for it. But, nice. Um, uh, which you can do uh, on itch.io for $5. Uh, for, yes. I guess $5 Australian. I don't know how many US dollars that is. I think yeah, it's it was confusing fewer be- US dollars than Australian. Because it said pay $5, and I clicked it, and it never gave me the exchange rate, so I assume it just happens automatically. Um, but that is yeah, approximately so, $3.85. That is a steal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so this this game's a little bit of a departure from a little uh, bit of a departure. This is like I was gonna say. This is game <laughs> almost couldn't be more different than Hissy Fight. The <laughs> only the only like similarity is that they're both basically played from the first person perspective. <laughs> sure, and I think that the I actually felt like some of the visual style was a little bit familiar in the way that they use uh texture specifically the the sort of thing um milo does with uh like and you're probably going to know the name for this but like mm. in that one room in this level where it looked like it was like wallpaper uh mm-hmm. that repetitive effect uh was used uh a lot in, uh, that repetitive effect uh, is called textures okay well it just reminded me of it um, um, 
but uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it is, it's totally different. It's much more, it's a completely different genre of game. And it's also just tonally very different. So uh, Casa Dostra is a game uh, at its simplest level where you um, are faced with a series of mazes that you navigate uh, in the first person perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, there is a door at the end of the maze that you cannot open um, unless you turn off your sight. So there's a little character at the beginning of the level that you interact with. And when you act, interact with them, your screen goes black and the game is otherwise exactly the same. And the idea is you kind of navigate the maze uh, with sight, uh, retrace your steps, and then try to do it again um, uh, in the dark. Uh, and um, and then that's that, that's the core of the game. We can maybe talk about the the sort of specifics of how that that works as we go. But mm-hmm. uh, so sort of a puzzle game, I would say, um, more or less. It actually weirdly reminded me of like Mist or like those kind of like classic mm-hmm. first person puzzlers. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I think maybe just you know not not very many things, but it was enough to give it to me just the the sort of low res graphics <laughs> the the first person perspective, and also the fact that movement's on a grid mm. uh, that also reminded me of those like classic first person games mm. um, but in the, in this game the so to be clear uh, there's um uh, you're you're locked to a grid uh, on the ground as you move, which is important when you're uh, you're navigating because you can know exactly how many steps you need to make in each direction. Yeah, and and uh, furthermore, um, you can't freely look around. You have to use Q and E to look left and right, and mm-hmm. P to look up. Although I don't actually know that there's any use for looking up. But uh, in fact, I actually forgot you can look up by the second or third level. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I, I remembered it and was always like, "This is going to come in handy." It never did. Um, huh. but it's important that you can't look around freely because it's going to be very important, uh, as you try and navigate the puzzle blind. And when I say blind, I mean, literally the screen is just black, uh, mm-hmm. as you try and, uh, you know, move around. So any sort of rotation that would happen either on purpose or on accident would really like mess up, uh, yes, totally. your, your, your plan. So, uh, yeah, you need to have, yeah, you need to be able to, the, yeah, the, the very like, restricted movement is very much necessary to (laughs) navigate Mm -hmm. it all. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, um, I, I don't really know where to start with this. I I think I do want to start by just saying, um, uh, a little caveat, uh, which is that I really enjoyed this game, Mm -hmm. but it made me insanely motion sick Mm. and i don't it it was actually kind of surprising that it did because on the surface it doesn't seem yeah there's not a lot of like fast not a lot of fast motion but um i i got so motion sick by there's seven levels and it was like level four i think that i actually had to um uh or i think maybe level five i actually had to take a break come back do the next level um the next two levels uh after i was done feeling sick because it was just like dude i thought i had gotten off a roller coaster yeah yeah i know you you get motion sick sometimes i almost never get motion sick like i can play a game boy in a car driving through a winding canyon yeah no absolutely Uh, could not but this game did make me feel like a tiny bit queasy just sort of the hint of queasiness so, um, yeah, I think it has something to do with doing a lot of motion, uh, in directions that you aren't moving. 
that I think uh, is my that's my that's my pet theory uh, on why it yeah. sort of gives you a little bit of motion sickness. But uh, yeah, I don't actually. I, know. I agree with that theory for the reason that so when I first started playing, I I would like tend to orient myself so I'm moving forward more. But then you kind of get a hang of it and you realize that it's more straightforward to just uh, uh, move um, with WASD and not actually face the direction you're moving Mm -hmm. because that just, you know, reduces Mm. the number of uh, directions you need to memorize when uh, when, uh, navigating the map. Let's get right to that because that that does end up being what this game is basically about is, uh, you know, solving the maze and then uh, figuring out how to memorize it or um, execute it without your vision. Uh, we, we had a little bit of a chat uh, pre pre recording. Uh, and I'm very curious because you mentioned that you didn't write anything down until like the last maze. Uh, so the, I didn't write it. I wrote it down for the last. So the two. very last maze is not a maze. It's it's you know, there's no very last levels oh, it's no oh, longer oh maze. sure 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 i yeah, mean the last se- actual seven, maze yeah there's seven areas six mazes and i, I, there are only I five mazes because there's that one that's just like a big open space with the power lines right oh you're right you're right uh so i i did it by memory for three of the five mazes huh um, which were the easiest three because they were the first three and it gets considerably more complicated um, with each each one adds in an, a nice um, kind of twist on it sure, uh, that sure. I, I kind of have, have thoughts about um, so like but yeah so I the very first one I, I thought about writing it down and I wanted to challenge myself just like as a first attempt um, and it wasn't actually that hard to do it by quote unquote memory because in the early in the first level, there's not a lot of turns you can make and it uh, turns almost always happen at the end of a you're, you're not turning in the middle of a hall. You're always, they always the end of a hall. yeah, they always it's like you go in one direction and, until you can't go anymore and then mm-hmm. you go in a di- different direction. So uh, the, the very first level, you don't actually have to memorize steps. You literally just memorize uh, directions. So it's yeah, just, but I mean, there's still know, like four money. Uh, I think the first one, it was more like um I mean, like I, ten. I can count it. But. Let's go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. All right. So you were technically well, closer. Yeah. I mean, I do. Um, yeah. I mean, it took me. I probably took me longer to do it than you because I would like, you know, have to memorize each step uh, mm-hmm. back and forth. But anyway, so I, I sort of did it almost on a whim, and then I, I did it on my. I successfully did it on the first level and was just like, whoa, it was very satisfying. And so I thought I would keep trying to do that uh, for as long as I could. Um, And then I I would have kept trying to do it on the next level, but I was getting dizzy and then decided uh, I needed to accelerate the process. I'm honestly shocked that you could do it for more than one level. I mean, I, it never crossed my mind that I would try and memorize memorize this it's so i think it just seems like i would um, be so frustrated if it slipped if i like messed up and i don't i then i wouldn't know if like my memory messed up or if you know what i mean well i i do so yes i i do agree and um on the last level specifically Mm -hmm. even with my instructions i got a little bit confused because um when i was mapping out the instructions for myself Mm -hmm. i there's one area where 
I don't know if it was just the orientation I was going in, but I I had to keep spinning around because I kept getting lost uh-huh. um, just while making my map. Right. Um, yeah. And I, mean, and I was writing it down at that point. So yeah. I think if I had got to that level, it would have been very hard, mm-hmm. nearly impossible to do it without any writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually think the first three levels, it's less tricky than you think um, because the game um, adds in uh, complications kind of bit by bit. And mm-hmm. so uh, in the first level, you know, you don't, you don't actually have to count any steps. No. In the second level, you only have to count steps in um, a single step, like one or two places. And you only have to do it uh, like there's only one or two spots in the final route where you can uh, you can overstep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then even on the third level, there were only three hallways where I need to count steps. Um, mm-hmm. And other than that, you could just go uh, forward as much as you wanted. So. I, I mean, I'm flattered that you're impressed, but I do think that the game kind of um, subtly adds things in. So like on level three, that's... Wait, you said the third st- one, there were only three spots where you had to count steps? I believe so, because you just go, well, okay. But there are a few step places where you need to walk until you can't walk anymore, and uh-huh. you need to take a step back. So I did Okay, have to, so you're counting that separately. I, I wasn't counting that, but I guess oh, if you count okay, that okay. as counting steps, then, uh, yeah, but I mean, there were, there were three spots where I needed to, I knew it was eight steps or four steps or seven steps. Huh? Um, so, um, but, uh, but like, so in, in the third level, the game, um, makes it so each room, uh, is a square where the hallway exiting it is in the middle of mm-hmm. a wall mm-hmm. so it makes it so you can overstep it in every direction and that that adds a considerable amount of complexity in terms of a uh, step counting mm-hmm. uh, but but in level two that's not a thing at all so it's yeah so so basically on the first level you can just walk as many steps in any direction and you'll eventually hit the wall and when you hit the wall your character doesn't make little footsteps so you know mm-hmm. you've hit the wall and then you can change directions the second level of the complication is that they have basically like these little gutters. So you overshoot mm-hmm. by one. So you basically have to go uh, and they're not, they're not, it's not every corner, but it's some of the corners you'll, you'll hit there. You have to take a step in the opposite direction, or you just have to take, you know, one fewer step than going to the end uh, and then, and then move in the other direction. And then, yeah, like you just described, there's the rooms where you can, you know, get into all kinds of trouble. And then the, after that it gets even wilder. I think the they get, the mazes get much more, uh, the last two mazes are really tricky to, to navigate yes, even they, with vision, even with vision because they, they involve a ton of backtracking is the big thing mm-hmm. that I think made it. Um, cause with the, I found even with level three, mm-hmm. you could kind of, it was pretty easy to kind of mentally segment the steps there were a lot uh, of uh, there are good landmarks on that third level of like yes. just weird objects and rooms that look a very specific way. Mm-hmm. And 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 the layout of the room is such that you, I could kind of remind myself of where I am even without seeing. So like there's a lamp in the middle of one room. Mm-hmm. So it sort of is is nice evidence that you uh, got to a certain point. Another thing the game does a little bit, but not very much is um, use sound cues to mm-hmm. kind of give you reinforcement. So on level three, um, there's a, a phone that's ringing. 
Uh, and, you know, as it's just one room over from the final room uh, mm-hmm. before the door. So as you get closer to it, you know, you kind of know you're in the right direction. And then um, in the in uh, the final level, I really like this. There, There's some variation in uh, the material of the floor. So it sounds like uh, if you hear yourself walking on wood, then you know you're going the right way. Um, but doesn't actually use it that much. No, just no. kind of a, a little a dabble. Yeah, it's interesting because the the sound cues become more and more prominent, and like even the first level has like some sound cues that I thought. I honestly, at first, I thought that the game was going to start having me go back through levels and, uh, you know, have sound be a bigger element. You know, like take away mm-hmm. different senses and, um, or or have uh, you know, the levels be uh remixed in some way where basically you're using the sound to get around rather than knowing the your way around the level because you've seen it visually or something um but i mm-hmm. didn't really find the sound useful at all <laughs> the the phone one is the only one where i was like oh you know as i'm getting closer to the phone sound i'm probably getting closer to the solution since it's you know right there but um, I don't know. I'm getting the general impression that maybe you had an easier time with this game than I did. Uh, <laughs> and like the fact, I, I mean, really like I can't even, so like what in your mind when you're like memorizing this, like what are you memorizing? Just like left. Well, up. I do, I do. Um, I, I don't, this may be, I, I, I swear I'm not saying this as like a, Ooh, look at me thing, uh-huh. but I have noticed that it seems like I have a better spatial memory than a lot of people. Mm. Uh, and I can, I can say that because I have a terrible memory for like events and stuff, mm-hmm. but I have a pretty good sense of direction. And it, like, if mm-hmm. I drive somewhere once I can usually mm-hmm. do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I just like, I mostly what I was doing. So there were a few spots where I was, memorizing the number of steps but it was more mm-hmm. like i would close my eyes and i could see it like huh. okay I'm, I'm in this room i know i need to go left right one i need to walk forward until i can't okay that means i'm in front of this box so if i'm in front of this box i'll go right forward left and then huh. walk forward again see that's that's wild because like i also consider myself to have uh like really solid spatial awareness but the second there's no light it's just like gone. Like in the real world, I feel like I still have pretty good spatial awareness because you can like, you have like minute changes in sound and like, you know, the way sound bounces around, like in your walking around your house in the dark, I've actually, it's something I've been uh, experiencing more cause I I'm living on my own for the first time. And uh, you know, my new place gets really dark when all the lights are turned off and I don't know <laughs> the distances like through the hallway or, you know, from one room to another, I'm oh, not familiar sure. with them because it's new. <laughs> and so uh, it's been something, but I mean, generally I like, you know, I feel like I have a pretty good sense of direction and spatial awareness in like 3d games, but yeah, the mm-hmm. second those lights turned off, it's like 3d, uh, you know, spatial awareness goes out the window, you know? Um, okay. Maybe it's not like spatial awareness so much as like short term, uh, visual memory. Yeah. Like, I feel like I do have, uh, like, like my strategy for a lot of puzzles and stuff mm-hmm. is to just like, you know, memorize it in the short term. And mm-hmm. then, you know, if it, if I have to memorize something for more than 10 minutes, it's completely purged from my memory and sure. I don't recall ever doing it, but sure, sure. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just found it. 
not that hard to huh. kind of visualize the space. I mean, I did practice, like I would practice. Yeah. But, um, like I did have to kind of walk each space a couple times to yeah, get a feel yeah. for it. But. So I kind of wanted to like contrast that with what I did. Cause so basically it's like first uh, time through the level. Oh wait. And I don't think we mentioned there's a, there's a, a bind to just like go back to the beginning of the level uh, because right. some of the mazes right. are pretty easy to get lost in. So my general thing was like, first oh, yeah. thing, find where the exit is uh, for the yep. first three. That's like pretty easy. And mm-hmm. then for the last two, I would say it was a, a little tougher. The last one especially took me a while. Um, yes. And then once I've found Same. that, I try and backtrack my way from the end back to the beginning or from the end to a landmark that I can use as like sort of a midpoint. Mm-hmm. So for the, um, for the second to last level with all the cars that sort of like uh, two trains that you walk between, it was like, okay, this is, this is a landmark. And then when you go under mm-hmm. the, the truck that's stacked on top, okay, that's a landmark. And then from there I would restart, go through it forward again uh, like keeping track of um, my steps. So basically <laughs> what I did is I, I mean, I just like, so the first level is just uh, right arrow, up arrow, right arrow, down arrow and so forth. And then once you start having numbers, I would just put the number before the direction. So uh, one down and then right, which means I just go yeah. right until I can't anymore. Yeah. And so, so on. That's, that's exactly what I did for the final two levels. Like I, I would say, I, so like if you look at the piece of paper I have, it says three F three R seven F. So three forward, three, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So it sounds like actually we did have the exact, exact same strategy at a certain point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but the, the thing for me is that like, uh, I was, um, totally just thinking of it in terms of these are the instructions I've laid out for myself. Once the lights went off, it was like, there was no consideration. I mean, I not no consideration of the space around me, but there were very few points. Like you'd get to the point where it's like, Oh yeah, I'm going left 10 because I know I have to like hit the middle of this room or whatever. But for the most part, I'm just like focusing on it, just inputting the thing that I already have uh, written (laughs) down. So it's interesting yeah. that, you know, you were actually like trying to use your memory and, uh, well, it is, it is. So p- another reason I wanted to try doing it that way is mm-hmm. the, there was some like, um, maybe it's one of the little dudes you talk to. I mm-hmm. haven't really mentioned them, but yeah, we should talk these, about that more in a minute. Weird little abstract characters that have, have lines that seem to be possibly references to memories or thoughts from mm-hmm. Milosoft. I wasn't sure if that's how we're supposed to interpret it, mm-hmm. but um, they, one of them said something about how, like, I think possibly the first one says this, like if you remove your senses, it gives you a different experience of a space. Uh-huh. So I kind of, I interpreted that as like part of the point is to like experience the space non-visually, not as a space. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I tried to, um, and I did, I, I mean, just like m- thinking back, mm-hmm. I, I just have a much more firm mental map of the, the levels that I did from memory than the levels that I, yeah, I did from writing down like the car level. I don't really remember that one hardly at all, or at least like 
it's kind of a, a blur. Sure, and then sure. The, the, the second to last level, I kind of remember the first third of it. But once mm. you get into the maze itself, like out yeah, of that big it's room, like, it's just all nonsense to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one especially, like even with the vision, that one was a bastard. Like I yeah, found my way to the tricky. end and I couldn't find my way back. And so I'd like reset and then found my way <laughs> kind of back there, but I just kept getting lost. There's so many little corners to just wander into. Yes. When 100%. I was going to map it out, I had to cross out a bunch of different stuff or I guess there's only, I did too. There's that only was the like only one. Yeah. In the level before I didn't have to cross anything out, but my notes for that one have two false paths. I had to, yeah yeah all mixed around but you so you alluded a little bit to the sort of like thematic stuff in this game which there's actually quite a bit of it which is funny because mm-hmm. hissy yeah. fight really didn't have any um so killing snakes is a theme blake <laughs> okay okay i mean you're not wrong but um, you're not right either um so you have uh at the start of each uh, the way you trigger the loss of your senses is by talking to these uh, weird little critters uh, and they kind of uh, well the, each of them has a pretty different thing to say but they kind of you know they're you know waxing poetically a little bit sometimes mm-hmm. or they're just sort of the the way they speak is kind of like abstract and uh, you know a, a little bit navel gazy maybe just like um, <laughs> it's evocative more than uh, has like really specific meaning I guess is is my take I don't know how do you feel about the things that they were saying. Um, yeah, I think they were evocative, but it did feel like they were, my reading was they were evoking like, it was a little bit autobiographical. Yeah. Milo talks about like, um, the, something about like, maybe one of the creatures says this, like something about, going for walks at night alone or something like that. Yeah, so I, that was, I it was in the description of the game. And also at the end of the game, uh, the sort of like outro uh, after you've mm-hmm. played all the levels is uh, this, uh, you know, basically a little short film of uh, a bunch of shots of someone walking around uh, what looked like some suburbs at nighttime. Uh, and yeah, uh, for me, that kind of put me in the mindset that, uh, you know, maybe this game was born from, uh, the idea of walking around a space that, you know, really well, but when it's dark and you can't see the space, you kind of learn mm-hmm. to appreciate the things that you gloss over in sort of the everyday experience of a space you've been in a lot of times. Yeah. And so it's sort of about the, you know, the way you remember spaces versus seeing them in a way you don't normally see them. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, what the what the game is like quote unquote uh about um yeah yeah that seems uh right to me um and actually i'm remembering now that the it does explicitly call it autobiographical on the uh on, on the page, itch so. page yeah that makes sense yeah. um yeah I, I think it's supposed to be um i think the to get back to your original question about the the little abstract critters uh, I think it's supposed to be kind of like um, <laughs> ev- just evocative, like almost like dreamlike yeah. or here's, something. Here's the uh, here's the thing I just read from uh, the itch page that I was looking at after we were talking about it. Truly cryptic dialogue perpetrated <laughs> by vague warped specters. <laughs> Truly cryptic. I like the very self-aware. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I I didn't know 
what they were supposed to be. Also, it was interesting design-wise to the decision to have them be not at the very beginning. Like usually mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have to walk a few steps forward. Um, and in one level, I think it was a car level, I kind of was like, wait, where is the where dude? Where is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that was, I don't know that I have much to say about that, but just interesting that sort of turning off the lights is something that is yeah, not from it, this, it, not from the first step of the game. No, it puts to, it, it puts it in your hands so you can kind of, uh, explore the level as you want and then you can do it all on your terms, you know, mm-hmm, say, yeah, yeah. all right, time to make the light go away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, did you have a specific thought? I was just going to talk about, I mean, like maybe it wasn't clear, but I thought this game was really interesting. I think it plays mm-hmm. with, um, ideas that don't come up a lot. And it was a big surprise for me from, uh, uh, Milosoft. I mean, part of the reason I wanted to, uh, play it was, I mean, obviously they sent it to us, which was uh, super, super nice of them. But, uh, you know, reading the description, I was like, this sounds absolutely nothing like hissy fight. And it wasn't really <laughs> anything like hissy fight. If you, if I didn't know that they were made by the same person, I would not have guessed uh and yeah i mean i thought i mean i I got a little bit frustrated at times just i mean the nature of like a labyrinth is that it's like you can get lost in it and it can be yeah it's like weirdly a little bit scary it's like mist (laughs) yeah yeah uh and i mean it also has sort of like a, a a little bit of a creepy vibe i mean the the whole game is kind of uh you know dark and it's not explicitly creepy it's kind of just like vaguely ambiently creepy just by being yeah, like, I mean the, the sort of like, um, phone ringing, echoing off in the distance. That's sort of like a classic, almost horror movie trope, right? Yeah. Yeah, so for sure. I, yeah, I definitely agree that there was sort of like, I think a- ambient creepiness is the, the way to put it for sure. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think it's a really interesting game. I feel like there's space to do some more interesting playing with this kind of idea of, uh, you know, taking information about the space away from you and still asking you to, mm-hmm. you know, figure stuff out. Cause it did, it did kind of feel like figuring it out. It, uh, you know, after the first level, you know, you kind of have a little bit of a, uh, a pattern to follow, but with each level, like we already mentioned, there's kind of an extra little layer of stuff you have to figure out. Um, with the exception of the last two levels, I would say those are just kind of like the same ideas, but harder. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah, I think I thought it was, I think it was like a really, uh, a really good like proof that, uh, there's interesting space to be explored in, uh, you know, taking, uh, uh, input, I guess, information away from the player and saying, this is the game to do a thing that would be trivially easy normally, but it's yeah, not trivially yeah. easy now. Now it's pretty <laughs> fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. It's extremely hard. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I also, um, this is not super related to that, but another thing I wanted to, to shout out was the, how much like character the spaces have, mm. like they all, they're all very unique and, you know, themselves, you have mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. this first level that's in some sort of weird wallpapered space. Yeah. Then you, then you're on like a boardwalk over the, over the water then mm-hmm. some weird room with like crazy, like, uh, the, the walls look like, uh, you know, padded room. Um, and with like s- traffic lights blocking some of the hallways. 
right, then, right. then the weird uh car maze junkyard last car maze yeah junkyard is what it felt like for sure Mm -hmm. so so yeah uh i i did like the the sort of like surreal abstract uh design of all the spaces i thought it was very they they really um you know leave an impression on you as yeah yeah so actually uh milo sent us the um the uh the codes had the sort of like special edition version of the game which had some like extra features and in, including a um mm-hmm. like a video of uh additional live action so i mentioned i think the live action sort of like short film at the end with the song that plays uh but there's a bunch of unused footage so they uploaded a video of them just like giving general commentary about the game uh while the you know leftover footage is playing so i i watched that for a couple minutes and they were talking about um this game sort of coming from another game where they the inspiration of like oh walking around at night this the, i i get the sense that this uh experience like really inspired them and so they were originally planning to like totally recreate these spaces uh like one to one in a game and then that kind of uh either didn't pan out or sort of evolved into what the game is now. So I think to a certain extent, mm-hmm. the, uh, the spaces have that really distinct feeling because they're based on real places. Kind of I think they're based on the feelings of real places. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it also is sort of like that sort of speaks to the sort of, um, memory theme mm-hmm. that it's like, you know, memory is often fragmented and you just kind of have a general impression of things rather than like really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, memories. now that, now that you're talking about it, it sort of reminds me of, uh, the themes of, uh, Oh my God, I forgot the name of the game. Oh my God. Why am I a uh, promise? Me- oh yeah. 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 yeah sure. Where, where, I mean, that game was a little bit more about like, uh, dreams. I know, I guess mm-hmm. it was kind of dreams and memory, but had a similar thing of the whole art style being based around kind of, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the memory of a place rather than the place itself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that comparison works for me for sure. Mm-hmm. I think that the, they, they sort of have a similar philosophy of level design where it's kind of like abstract, surreal, um, evocations of memory or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, did you have anything else about the, the level design? Um, I don't think so. Um, uh, okay. Another sort of random thing I wanted to ask you about is, so did you have any idea of what to make of that one being that says all of its lines are numbers? Oh, the numbers I have had a thought that it might be some kind of like uh if i'm remembering correctly the digits are all um it like in pairs right so it theoretically it could be like a hexadecimal encoding of um Mm. like unicode or something but i don't think there were any letters so that's kind of why i didn't think of that i was gonna screenshot it and try and like reverse engineer it a picture of the first one here let's see yeah i was i was gonna try and do that but then i was were there no letters i thought maybe there oh if there were letters then that i mean i because i also thought hexadecimal first but uh uh-huh i mean it could it could be i I, i'd have Mm, to brush up on they are so 54, 6F, 6F, 20, 74, 69, 
six C six F. I only see C and F as letters here. It doesn't here, seem. Let's, let's do some, uh, here we're going to do some <laughs> right whoops. now. Uh-huh. I only took a picture of the first one. There were like four yeah, or five pages. Yeah, but we're just going to see. Um, okay. Well, do you have a, a hexacode or hex, uh-huh. hexadecimal just, just unicode give me like decoder? The first, give, give me like the first line. All right. 54, 6F, 6F, 20, 74, 69. 74. 69. 69. Okay. Let's see what that does. That's like six letters, so maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think that worked. I. <laughs> I don't know if I did it wrong or or what, but that's not really looking like anything to me. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I'm. I think well, you, you don't know it's Unicode. It could be a different well, coding. Yeah, it could be. Here, give it to me. Give it to me one more time. All right. Fifty-four. 54 six F. Six F. Twenty. 74 69 72 74 69 all right uh uh, that could be okay this is utf8 is giving me what did you say the next one was uh what's the last one you got 69 72 65 64 20 74 72 Okay. Could, oh yep, yeah, I should have known that because twenty is a uh, space. Oh a, yeah. Fun. Sure. Well, what if is, only we had uh, the the whole thing to. <laughs> wait, is it just decipher um, here? How does the so each character is just assigned a number and then? Uh well, so you take the um. Technically, the way it works is you take the hexadecimal, convert it back to standard binary, and then that number representation is the uh, encoding on like a Unicode table. Um, right, right. I, I don't remember trying, the specifics I don't know of the Unicode table. So, uh, you, what was that? Okay. So, Unicode only has like Latin letters. Is that? Uh, well, so there's a bunch of different like encodings that have been built on top of it. That so this is uh, UTF eight, gotcha. so it's built on eight, uh, eight bits, right? So oh, sure. Hex, you know, it's two hexadecimal digits, which you can pull into eight uh, bytes, bits, right. actually. Gotcha. Right. Um, huh. Anyway, so that's been your fun decoding. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish I would have uh, realized that and actually like. I mean, I kind of real. I half realized it. You know what I mean. I yeah. realized it. I just well, didn't as soon as I saw, I mean, it. the thing that made me think it was hexadecimal was just that, like the letter the, F next the, to a number. Yeah, like, yeah, the letter <laughs> F, and also just like pairs of numbers. <laughs> sure, sure. Um. Anyway, uh, do you have any other thoughts about uh, Casa Dostra? Um. Do you know what the title means? No, it was referenced a few times. Like at the very end of the game, it says like "Good night, Casa Dostra" or something. I, I'm yeah. not familiar. Did you look it up? I Googled it and there's a, uh, there's a song called Casa Dostra. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a Spanish word here. Let's see. It sounds Spanish. <laughs> Too poor featuring kill station. Uh, mm. it is the word for married in Portuguese and in Spanish it means married mother. Great. At least according to Google Translate, I can't speak to. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> uh-huh. 
yeah i don't know man it could just be a song that they like who knows that's true it could be you know <laughs> um or, i guess the the only other thing i have to say is i really like the um the sort of uh ideas here and the vibe so if you want to if you want to check it out if it sounds interesting you at all yeah. you definitely should check it out the, there was a there was a very magical moment when i i solved the first one without writing anything down i was like <gasps> holy shit yeah yeah it kind of makes me wish i would have tried it but i just d- gave up immediately um <laughs> but yeah i think you should definitely uh if you if this game sounded interesting you should definitely play it for yourself i feel like it could be i mean i'm not going to say that it's going to be one of those games because you know people have to find it but i feel like it could be one of those games that kind of like uh inspires someone else to you know like take the idea you know further and and make something sure. really crazy yeah definitely you know it I mean? has it has like there's room to build for sure. Yeah. Um, it yeah. feels like one of those ideas that has a lot of unexplored space. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, definitely cool in that regard. Well, uh, if that's, if that's all um, you have, then we can go ahead and talk about what we'll be playing next week or uh, in two weeks, I should say. Uh-huh. So the I'm, next I'm game we'll be playing for this. is, uh, I'm very glad Blake introduced me to this, mm-hmm. but it's called Kendra heavily pregnant defender of earth. Yeah, actually, shout out to uh, uh, Nicole He on uh, on Twitter. We actually played one of her games like, oh my god, two or three years ago at this point. The uh, the um, uh, enhanced dot computer was made by Nicole He, and after oh, that I followed. Oh wow! Her, yeah, Man, after that, that I followed her on know. Twitter, uh, and she she doesn't exclusively make games. She does a lot of sort of like weird um, computery stuff, just like programming uh goofy little things anyway she recommended this game uh and it is developed by uh, a woman i assume is named kendra who is a, a canadian <laughs> uh mother who taught herself how to develop games while she was pregnant with i i don't know if it was her first child or just one of her children and this is the game that she made uh and then as part of uh the revision jam 2020 uh, sort of revisited the game and gave it a fresh coat of paint. So we'll be playing the the revised version of uh, of mm-hmm. Kendra, heavily pregnant defender of Earth. Uh, and I I couldn't be more excited. It sounds like it's going to be uh, <laughs> like nothing else. Uh, yeah, it seems. I mean, just like the sort of um, screenshot from the game on the itch page, uh, it's got an uh-huh. actual photo of who I assume is Kendra. It looks like it might be your character model. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it looks I, like uh, <laughs> like clip art MS Paint with a real picture yeah, in it, and it I'm does. I'm totally ready for that. Oh, so yeah, I'm I'm extremely ready. So if you want to join us in our exploration of uh, Kendra, Defender of Earth, um, uh, you should follow us on Twitter. Uh, Twitter uh, at EdgeGuardCast. So that's where we uh, tweet out all the updates to the podcast, uh, links to new episodes, uh, um, links to where you can find the games we play, uh, as well as um, where you can reach out to the creators of those games if you're interested. So uh, give us a follow at EdgeGuardCast. Um, if you uh, like the podcast or you have uh, comments, we'd love to hear from you there. Um, we uh, we're always looking for recommendations for game to, games to play, and we like uh, like hearing feedback from listeners. So um, definitely shoot us a message, follow us if you're interested. Uh, we'll be playing Kendra, heavily pregnant defender of Earth, uh, in two weeks, and we will talk to you then. 